welcome hunters to the hunters hub a gaming podcast born of the monster hunter community where we talk about lots of things and what we've been playing but a lot of times monster hunter uh this is your host fortuan and joined by co-host haru oh hello and co-host morg daddy hello everyone this is morg daddy welcome to another episode anyways um um, okay so tonight we're going to talk about um the latest update for monster hunter uh world iceborne we got the new area in the uh guiding lands uh we talked a little bit about this the news dropped uh, last time we recorded um we're gonna have Stiggy and Zenogre talk a little bit about what it was like to fight him and the sort of tease of the adult Xenojiva. Um, I'm gonna call it the the <laughs> the Xenojiva tease um, because you kind of don't get to fight him, but it is an adult version of Xenojiva from the final boss of the original story in Monster Hunter World. Um, I mean, you get to fight him. It's just like Cold Feroth, but it can't, like, melt down any of those walls that gate the last stages of the fight. Sure, but it's also super quick and super easy. It's kind of like the uh, the prelude fight to the Behemoth, like, that first little taste of, like, you know, what you get to do. Yeah. Where it kind of, like, finishes with its big move and then it leaves. Yeah, which they give you ample time in comparison, I think it's more time and a more solid uh, <laughs> cover. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, we get to see the adult Xenojiva, which um, is not bad. I, I, I was not what we expected at all. Um, it's like... I, I didn't expect this to be a siege dragon um, at all. Uh, or, or, you know, like a boss dragon. I felt, figured this was just going to be another, you know, Kushala level um, elder dragon. So. So it's strange, right? Um, the <clears throat> mature Zenojiva uh, looks nothing like it. I mean, I think. Because it looks very much like a archetypal sort of red dragon out of D&D or fantasy IP du jour. Especially with the uh, slicked back horns like a red dragon has. Yeah, like when it um, does the uh, enrage and like pull aggro thing with the sort of behemoth red line connecting to someone, its eyes just glow red. <laughs> very, um, very much like a sort of like an evil monster kind of design. Um, the main through line is just all the blue uh, laser dragon element attacks it has. Oh yeah, it's terrifying. Like, seeing its head follow you and then just like just fire burning in its mouth, just charging up. <laughs> Oh, and then it's also got, like, the Shin Godzilla, like, concentrated beam that where it, like, just shoots, like, in a fine line, and then it's got, like, a trail of explosions to leave behind it. Yeah. Right. So I guess well, the that, main... That more so remind me of the Legiacris uh, attack uh, in Generations Ultimate, where you get the sort of cascading lightning 
when it sort of blows up mm. in a star. That's what it really reminded me of, just in one direction, I suppose. Like, I think the most interesting about this monster is, like, <clears throat> we see it in the secluded valley, this sort of, like, um, very rocky, desolate, guiding lines-type environment. Um, but it's just, like, fully... Just, like, ribbons are, like, flowing off of, off of all the cliff walls because of all the tattered, like, remains of shed skins it's had. We're told it's, like... Yep. Uh, shed like hundreds and hundreds of times. <clears throat> yeah. And um, I guess I think kind of implied here is that this region is so desolate because it can absorb energy out of the ground to like heal its wounds. Um, it implied that this like is an ability that Zenergiva had but it wasn't like matured enough to use yet when it was sort of uh, metamorphosized right. in the world. Immortal in the sense if it can get to an energy access to heal itself, but, I mean, it's kind of like, it doesn't make it Wolverine, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not, um, <clears throat> it actually has to have an external energy force to pull in from. When you cut that off from it, there's no healing factor at all, which I assume is what happens at the end with the siege, is it has depleted everything in the area, so that's it. <laughs> Um, I did, I will say that it, uh, now this is just a preview, so we kind of don't know what the final siege is like, but, um, the fight is extremely simple, uh, with only, what, two areas, and on top of that, Xeno Jiva, you know, um, adult is significantly smaller than Xeno Jiva juvenile, mm-hmm. which is so Doesn't much better a lot of sense. for longsword and greatsword. It's such less of a slap in the face than, like, it turning to the left 15 degrees and moving its foot entirely out of the range mm-hmm. of your combo or charge attack. Yeah. I mean, yeah, mechanically, for a lot of weapons, it's going to be easier to fight, but it's just, like, you know, we talk about you know, the, the, the refocus uh, was the, on ecology, and that's why we have, you know, a lot of, a lot of, we're part of the research commission and all that kind of stuff. I just don't, aside from, like, the, the, the really weird jellyfish that, you know, turns into a juvenile, <laughs> again, like, not many, many things get smaller as they get older. Mm-hmm. We also see, like, the tassels on the end of its wings that burnt off. Um, and they're yeah. like more like like ragged weathered edges now. Um, right. I I, I just gonna, I, I don't think this is as energy though. It's it's a brand new monster. It has like one maybe attack like the concentric ring explosion um, mm-hmm. that it has when it like crunches into the ground. But I think this is just mm-hmm. like a new monster that they decided at some point in development was going to be adult energy um, maybe sort of like we were talking about with the Rajong Karen thing, just because people were attached to that idea. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't... it's kind of the best of both worlds for me. I mean, it's a weird execution to be honest, but like, I'm just glad it's a new monster and not just a subspecies of the Nunchiva. Cause <clears throat> I, I wouldn't really be enthused by a, uh, Shigaru's Energiva, uh, this, this far on from the game's launch. Alright. Um, 
<clears throat> the only thing left that I think is notable is a lot of people... I, I don't know why they call it the anime attack. Whatever its ultimate attack is, that it's like... Then again, I don't know a lot of anime to really have experience with <laughs> with that. But uh, the beam that sort of has like a, a dot that goes down and sort of impacts with the ground kind of slowly. It's a cool aesthetic. And then, the, of course, the big giant explosion. But it does a very good way of informing you that that's what's happening. And not just with the tutorial, but the visuals. You can actually see the, whatever blue energy that's rushing outwards sort of like disperse on you uh so you can actually see the direction it's coming from and that that happened a little bit with behemoth but it wasn't as noticeable visually and them course correcting that was quite a uh <clears throat> i don't know quite an improvement to sort of like understand what's going on especially the first time i'm pretty sure someone would understand that having never fought behemoth so, mm-hmm. and the fact that the stones don't break makes it easier, or that you know at least they don't have a danger of breaking from what we've seen so far. Yeah, um, we don't we don't need another raid fight. <laughs> it kind of has me a little bit worried because it has me sort of believing that maybe it's going to probably be spamming these like to a certain degree if like the environments like um. Um, the um, uh, protective objects or, or obstacles that are going to um, keep you from getting blasted away don't get disintegrated. And if they're like in, they're always going to be in that one stationary spot. It's it's mm-hmm. it begs a lot of questions. Like, okay, well, I mean, like we're we're gonna one know exactly where it's coming from. Two, we we're gonna know like where exactly behind these obstacles we're gonna need to be in order to be able to hide from the attack. And uh, three, they don't move mm. and they're, they well, never get that, blown that, up. Um, how frequently? Is your 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 point B is already yeah. debunked because <laughs> it moves like it it moves in the fact of where it is when it does the attack. Um, yeah. I've actually had it in the center, and I've actually had it off to the side. And I only fought this thing twice, because uh, I didn't read it very clearly. And didn't know this was, this full fight was supposed to come later. I thought the full fight was just like a random chance or something that would come up. But I didn't have any time to really read, you know, like yeah, Twitter was a or all that kind of stuff. chance as well at first. That wasn't very clear until like the next day when I did that quick live stream or whatever and i just watched the video afterwards anyways okay so yeah it's it's kind of like yeah we don't really know a whole lot but we got a good taste for the fight but um which something we don't know about the fight because all we got was what mega potions ancient potions and like life stuff like uh old multi-quests <laughs> yeah exactly. um uh the the rewards were kind of but um, for, <laughs> but, uh, what the real siege is going to have, um, more, you've done a lot more deep dive into this than us, mm-hmm. but my initial impression, impression is pretty shitty, uh, as far as like meta wise, um, uh, pretty too good is what really, you know, in actuality what you're going to say, but mm-hmm. at least that's my initial take on it. So Morg, why don't you... 
Oh. Let us know what's going on. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah. Um, <sighs> um, okay, so to, to start things off, uh, they've, they've applied the same um, uh, basis for, um, for being able to get weapons and armor um, through the uh, Savijiva fight. It's pretty much the same way as we did with Kulv Taroth, but... Um, what they've done instead was, and they've actually made some really big um, quality of life changes to the siege by making it so that, um, one, all the weapons, they have the same base raw value, the same levels of sharpness, similar affinity and uh, elements and what have you. Um, so you start with a base weapon, and then the idea is that um, depending upon you know what you're looking for, um, those uh, those elements or ailments, whatever it is that is specific to what you're looking for, those will be randomly generated. And that's really all that you really have to worry about as far as um, the individual weapons. Making them better and making it so that you can upgrade them, customize them, that is like the next step for uh, what we were looking for. It's better than having to worry about like um, the rarity of the weapons, like we had to do with like the Kulv Taroth siege, where everybody was like desperately trying to get like that ice charge blade because it was like the best gate and like the best weapon at the time to be getting. Um, now, an important thing to notice is that you're still getting random weapons. You're still getting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. a random amount of weapons and random types with one being guaranteed to be the weapon that you are currently wielding. Exactly, yeah. You're guaranteed to get that that one weapon that mm -hmm. is in line with the type of weapon that you're using to, you know, take on right. the siege. Yeah, um, that's exactly. Hypothetically, though, would there be more than, like, nine types for each weapon type? Or nine individual weapon drops? Because, like, that's all the elements and statuses. Yeah, because you, yeah. you, ha you do have, there is going to be like a, a good amount of RNG where you do have to take into account that like if you're looking for a specific element or ailment for that weapon, um, you're probably going to have to do the hunt like multiple times until finally something comes up. But once you do get it, that's mm -hmm. when um, a different level of RNG comes in where... Um, as you're um, upgrading your weapon and customizing it, you get the ability to unlock um, sort of like a hidden potential for each of your weapons. And that includes things like being able to um, increase the sharpness levels of your weapon, um, giving it like a defense buff, um, increasing its raw or its affinity or its um, uh, element or ailments specifically like and the funny you're, thing you're is, basically yeah. awakening it out via guiding lands similar mechanics exactly yeah they've combined um the guiding lands el um, augmentation um mm -hmm. with a cult taroth style siege which is <laughs> and this is really funny because i've actually had complaints about cult taroth about this where i'm like why don't they just give you like the base level weapons and then just let you like you know augment them like what we have in iceborne and i was like that would have been hmm. so much better and then what do they do they do it and <laughs> i'm like so excited about so I, that. I get the so I get the impression you're in favor of this change because I am not. I am like I'm 100% in favor of this because now it, it it actually gives us a reason to grind it, you know, mm -hmm. in in ways that makes it so that it feels like the hundreds of hours that you're going to be spending in it are not entirely wasted in this 
futile attempt to try and get, like, this ultra-rare weapon that, you know, it, it okay, could yeah, change and the meta, and, like, at the same time, like... Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. This is going to change the meta. Yeah. No, there's there's no... That's that's my problem with this. Mm-hmm. But, so I mean, like, we, it, it's not like we're relying on the one weapon. Like, if we want to... No, no, to, no. Yeah. Did you listen to the whole thing? Yeah, I, I, I understand what you mean by that, but I mean, like... They do intend on this being the reliable <laughs> they, weapon, and they, they said did, that yeah. in the interview. They did say that this was going to be the go-to for players in the end game. But um, what I meant by it is that cool. we're not all striving to get that one charge blade that has those fixed um, capabilities, right. like you know, like that that fixed amount of raw with affinity and that certain element type. You know, people are going to be able to make or at least customize their own version of a meta weapon whatever it happens to be that they want and they can they can use the tools you know that are made available to them to customize it however they want it's it's basically like um the subway for weapon design like you know do you want to do you want to put like you know like the the uh, master's touch on it yeah sure thing do you want a true critical element on it yeah sure we can put that on there for you you know do you want a little extra handicraft you know maybe season it with some some raw on there yeah okay downvotes to the left dear audience (laughs) subway so here's here's the (laughs) here's the uh here's the problem morgue Mm -hmm. okay it's cool and exciting it's a viable weapon uh, here's the problem. It's going to be the best weapon, and if you want to play Monster Hunter at the highest meta tier, you're going to want this weapon. And that's it. Across all weapon classes. And that's it. Do you not see the problem in that? Well, all build... All weapon diversity? Gone. That is true, but I mean, like, it, it, it's something that has always held true to Monster Hunter ever since no the there's never been one singular weapon <laughs> well i mean like well you have to admit that like this dates back as far as like 4 ultimate where everybody was like specifically this weapon yields the highest raw and this set in particular you know works the best in conjunction with that weapon in that particular style and depending but, on how cleanly you play okay. you know that's where you're going to get your best but that was for that weapon class you know what i mean there was always something that was meta for that weapon class or you know sometimes some weapon classes just weren't up to snuff Mm -hmm. in the the old days like um let me stress this even in the old games everything was viable in quotations yeah um there were some large gaps in certain games between certain weapon classes where sword and shield for the longest time got the shaft in many of the older games Mm -hmm. uh um, but like, there's, there's always been, if I'm playing hammer, there's a meta way to play hammer and then there's a not as meta, but we'll get the job done playing hammer. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. That leaves for a variety of hammers that you can use. And even the meta ways to play hammer had a few options on what you're going to do with your hammer. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not always a set in stone kind of thing. This is a set-in-stone weapon at the end of every weapon class. It's not like, set-in-stone, though. You can customize it. Yeah, like... It, it, okay, no. You get to customize the same fucking weapon. That's that's my problem. It's like, there's no... there's It's like, uh, the problem that we had with... Um, no, not we isn't... I had this with uh, 
um, gosh, why am I famous? Gog. Gog and I both don't really like the sort of, um, not the end tier rarity 12, but it's like rarity 10 and 11 where you do the customization, weapon customizations, and it sort of ruins the design of the mm-hmm. weapons. Um, that's kind of like the meta of like, okay, so it's customizable, but they're just the, vi- the most viable, you know, the, the best options. That's not as bad as what's happening here. It's here is a weapon from a monster that you have to engage in this mechanic to get the best weapon. Right, there's a singular path to a to an endgame build now. Well, I mean, like this is this is something that this is a problem that has existed since. Not in this have, way. Like, Not in this singular of a way. Well, I mean, like the gold. Yeah, I mean, you used weapons to grind guild quests at one forty for like hours and but hours and days six, and days. I just hope you got six, the stupid thing seven options every time for every weapon you could do different things like the fact that there is a designed pinnacle of an end of every tree which is coming from the same monster that doesn't raise a flag with you guys not really i mean, I mean like i'm not even so... matter if yeah. like the customization of this weapon changes its appearance because it'll be statistically stats or whatever and then the visuals would be i mean like is that, that really mon- the appearance? A different monster like so we're gonna have to see like uh, how this pans out like there's sort of okay, like an so, infinite amount of speculation that can be done because we don't know exactly how it works yet and but i mean we're i'm going off of what the the developers said at the end of their interview this is going to be the hunter's go-to weapon you know what i mean like that's insane that's insane that we're saying okay you know all that content you played through? Okay, you, that doesn't matter for what you're going to be building for your weapon. At all. Right? So if someone comes into this game and they haven't, they're just now, they haven't got around to getting Iceborne, or they had World, or they're just getting into Iceborne, there is not a, okay, so if I want to build, you know, let's say I'm using Hammer, just as an example, um, and I want to build a Hammer build, and... I want to, oh, maybe I like this this fire weapon from Glavinus or something. It wouldn't be the right answer, not in my opinion, at least, having played uh, Hammer for a little while. But, you know, something like that, right? We're ne- you're now farming Glavinus to get that hammer and get it upgraded and that kind of stuff. Now, that whether that's the meta end or not, right? But there was always, like, okay, I'm going to pick, or here's the meta weapon... I'm going to farm this monster. And that's different across every weapon class. That's different across different weapons within the class that's no longer different you're fighting one siege monster to get you know essentially you're saying okay i'm going to fight the story stuff to get through this but i really want to be farming adult xeno jiva here to 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 get what i want to play with and that's going to be the optimal path for everyone now Well, I mean, it's not a path, it's the end game. So you can't get it yeah. until you beat the game. You get to be like sure. center rank 25, 24. Sure. Um, that's not very far. <laughs> um, no, but it's not like retroactively taking out, like, the playing and upgrading no. different weapons. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay. 
adding a, a one singular monster that's going to trump every other monster as far as like build diversity i think is a bad idea I, well, yeah we got that the thing is is that everything starts off i with feel about, like you don't well, <laughs> no i understand trump. all your position i just don't agree well, the thing is, is that How? what we know from what people have been able to mine data-wise from the weapons is that everything starts off with about maybe 90 white sharpness if you were using Handicraft 5 with your sets, and they all yield about a raw of maybe 270. That's not as powerful as like an acidic glavness weapon where you have that high raw, where you have the high raw of like, I think it's like 310. So, I mean, mm -hmm. you would have to really work up those weapons in order to be able to equate a lot of the weapons that are already meta in the game. Like, everybody already is going for Master's Touch sets because they're still relevant, they're still meta, and Gold Rathian Longsword is still ruling the meta because it has the highest raw with the most comfortable sharpness, and it does poison tick damage, which adds to that raw damage. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it's not like the meta has really changed that much but based off of what people are looking for in their weapons and this is this is why I like the changes that they have is because it's deviating a little bit away from what Kulv Taroth like provided for us back in the day where it was just the one weapon whereas now we do have the options of being able to customize a weapon to our needs like but you know whereas didn't the Cool, they tear off weapons, dominate that meta. Yeah, but it was only ever like the one weapon. Whereas opposed okay. to like this. But now you get now, to specifically yeah. craft the one weapon. Exactly. But I mean, like the thing is, is that you're not going to be using the same element type for, for every fight that you're going to be, you know, in for. So, I mean, like if you, if you want to um, make like a crit element set and then you want to utilize, you know, the the element of that weapon to exploit the weaknesses of a monster, you're going to have multiple different weapons. And, you know, even though you do get um, set piece bonuses on the weapon, mm -hmm. you're only guaranteed to get one. So you're not allowed to stack more than one. So, and I believe it was uh, Jin Jinx and Tuna, they were looking into this and they said that, um, that these weapons, although they will help to add to the meta, they're not going to define it 100% because there are going to be case scenarios where a lot of the other weapons are going to top them out by virtue of the fact that they are going to be able to um, cater to a certain something that is going to be you know, more efficient than these customizable weapons. The customizable weapons, they have up to about five slots that you can use in order to be able to stack certain strengths or weapon like skills yeah. or whatever onto it. And um, it was really interesting what they said was that um, you could effectively like rule out some uh, armor pieces in exchange for this weapon, but Master's Touch would not necessarily be a good case or say like you know crit boost or whatever some whatever the skill happens to be that you throw onto that weapon because they say that you're going to miss out on key points like investing into raw if you choose to go for certain things that you may think are meta but really don't work out in favor of whatever it is that you're doing for the for the weapon and if you only go for raw and we don't actually know how far you can go for the raw I from what we've seen you can tack on I think um, two augments that are the same, like an attack four or an attack two. But the thing is, is that 
um, the the buffs that they do to them are kind of minor. So for each level, and they they range from one to five. Um, for attack, you would get um, two true raw um, added on to that weapon. So the thing, and that's for each level. So like a level five attack would give you ten true raw base. And for a weapon that only has 270 raw, that's kind of a big leap from what the Acidic Glavinous or even the Rajang weapons can do. And then on top of that, I think it's only like about 5 affinity for these weapons, and then um, roughly about um, 180 element. So really, they, they start off very small and very weak, and you can only do so much with them. But there is room to play around with them and to have a little bit of fun and to see what you can come up with. And another thing that they also pointed out is that um, the buffs that you can get on these things, or at least the upgrades that you can put into these slots, and these are not like um, jewel slots or anything like that. Th this, this is like a different system. Um, they said that um, those are going to be randomly generated. So you're not necessarily guaranteed to get... Um, what you're looking for in the first try. So, you know, it's it's going to be a bit of a, a an RNG thing where you're going to have to, you know, roll the dice and see what comes up and then work with that. And then when what you are looking for does come up, you can interchange um, the buffs that you already have on your weapon for something new. So, in a sense, I see that as something that's going to be able to keep things fresh and a little bit interesting, you know, because people are going to want to find mm -hmm. out, well, what ca what else can we stack onto this weapon, you know? And obviously, um, the devs have clearly yeah. seen that <clears throat> they can't afford to make a weapon's too powerful. I mean, we've seen that with the Black Eagle, where it was absolutely nerfed to crap, and we've seen that with a lot of the Culve weapons, where everybody was spending hundreds of hours just trying to get the one weapon and never getting it. Or, like, making something as simple as the rocket-powered greatsword, which is, like, the best, was the best weapon in high rank for the longest time, and nobody played anything else but that because the numbers okay, were Okay, well, there. let me stop you there. A lot of people played a lot but that, that, but that's a meta question. That's, mm -hmm. yeah. that's playing the meta. Now, yeah. um, he, so here's, here's the analogy I'm having a problem with, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, for... I'm sure a lot of people who played WoW back in the day <laughs> are experienced with this. Um, and, you know, this is to a degree what happened with Iceborne, but it's um, it's the it's the shift mid-expansion that I'm having a problem with. So people spent hundreds of hours playing WoW. New expansion comes out. All of their gear is now invalidated by green gear. It's sort of like the joke slash reality of expansions for wow mm -hmm. right so the analogy that would tick me off the most is that we've spent hundreds of hours in iceborne farming for gear augmenting weapons and that kind of stuff to be invalidated by this one siege you know an update a couple months in that is just plain better than what we've been working on this whole time mm -hmm. um then if that's not the case and it's actually parallel to what we've been working on, that's not bad because that's a new option. Mm -hmm. um, it's sounding like it's not a new option. It's sounding like it's the next tier of weapon based on their language. Well, it's always um, an option. Like like you said, with the 
uh, rocket okay, great sword. Is... You can use less good stuff, even when the meta is like not. About, well, uh, the, there's a difference. Be- world. But there's a difference between less good and not being it within three minutes of time, and then like, hey, this one weapon, it's the solve to everything. And we want you to farm, you know, an extra 30 or 40 hours to get that weapon up to where you want. Like, it's a bunch of content to expand on one weapon, whereas in your farming for, you know, not just a weapon, but armor. And you're like, you're, you know, you can even build an armor around weapons and that kind of stuff. But we're, we're, we're basically funneling, you know, 300 style <laughs> the Persian army of build into one canyon, it feels like. Like... <laughs> Where you, where you kind of feel like it's kind of like bottlenecking things. And it's saying, Yeah, hey, I feel like this, this is, is a huge bottleneck. This is where your game time is going to go now that this comes out. And that's fine to a degree because that's what the Guiding Lands kind of did, but the yeah. Guiding Lands is varied. This is a singular fight. This is a singular monster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I that's that. the problem that, that people had with it's like why do i have to keep grinding this event that you know disappears which by the way this is like cool this will disappear and it's a limited time yeah and i have a lot of problems with this and i feel this is in a lot of ways more egregious than cool because cool it was like sure and let me be the first to admit i don't care about meta i say that about a lot of things mm-hmm. i normally don't because it doesn't it's not everything is still viable to a degree, right? Like this is, and to, to your point earlier, Haru, yes, this is end game content. I've already beaten the game, right? But it's, it's aggravating to me to just sort of like bottleneck the meta. And even though I don't care about it, it's just like, okay, so it's a cool fight and that kind of thing. But like, why is it so unbalanced? Why is it so, why is this why do you want this to be the thing like that's kind of that really aggravates me like i want diversity i want to see i want to see builds and you know come out and that kind of thing it's like now granted the ideas behind diablo 3 i think were good it's execution in itemization and builds not the best and that's why a lot of people don't like it but one thing that they try to stress is that like Hey, there's like dozens of builds that can do end game content, and sure, yeah, it sort of bottlenecks into it ends up kind of bottlenecking into one or two that can really hit the highest tiers. But like, there's a lot of diversity, you know, in in the next tiers of you know performance in Diablo three, and I feel like we're kind of creating a similar situation where you're only going to you know be able to obtain you know the best times and that kind of stuff using this weapon i agree what is this going to do what is this going to do to the time attack scene you know they're trying to build up what is this going to do to you know like are we now going to see kanta only play with this weapon like (laughs) well like the thing is is that that's never like that's kind of always been an issue with monster hunter world and iceborne i mean we've seen that with having to deal with the Kul'taroth siege. And we've also seen that with, with the Behemoth set, with the Draken armor. I mean, that that set right, was absolutely we busted. Can, 
but we can agree that we don't want that. No, right? No, absolutely not. I mean, I then I agree. why are we excited for this? What sounds like the same scenario? I agree that it really should not boil down to it being farming the one monster over and over again. But uh-huh. this is this is what makes my heart very heavy. Is that looking back on the way that we have like hunted monsters in Monster Hunter is that generally in world and in iceborne and this is what i've seen the most is that people tend to farm the monsters that yield the most powerful stuff and that's typically the gold rathian stuff or gold rathian for her really ridiculously powerful weapons they're still overpowered and i don't know why um the devs have not caught on to it because like they're just stupidly powerful and then mm-hmm. we have seen that with behemoth back in world because the armor set was just ridiculous. And we've also seen that with the Teostra bonus set where Master's Touch, everybody's been making these 100% crit sets with crit boost and they never lose out on sharpness. So, I mean, like, mm. all of that stuff has kind of carried over into, you know, what we have seen of, you know, Monster Hunter today. But, you know, I agree. I wish that we'd see more variety um, as far as, like, what we are capable of hunting to get the the gear or the weapons that we want but um i i I don't know how um how the developers or like the game creators can um bring that to the table i miss gu and freedom unite so much because i mean like in those days yes that it was simpler there was more variety in that sense like you could actually make whatever set that you wanted and there was very little judgment if any at all i mean I'll admit that back then in the old game, in pfft, the old days, uh, old game days, I combined it to make another word. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the um, the competitive scene largely consisted of things like greatsword, hammer, and heavy bowgun because they hit the hardest. They, we didn't really see much else of anything like that. And then in later years, I think it was like in 4U and Ultimate, whatever, I think greatsword still ruled the meta. And then. Um, um, crit boost became like the most ridiculous thing in generations and generations ultimate. So, I mean, yeah. like with e- with each generation of the game, there's always going to be like a better way to play. But the way that I see it is that you know there should be like a way where you know each person can enjoy it, be- however they like. Um, yeah. I don't think that um the weapons that come from um, Safi Jiva are going to really make that big of a difference because individually, you know, at the base level, they're they're not as powerful as anything that we've seen before, like, in any of the weapons that are currently ruling the meta now. Like, those weapons are still going to be the most powerful that we've seen so far. Right, but with, like... But we don't know what that's like when we see all five arguments on it. At the, exactly. At the, at the fifth star tier and... And all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, which yeah. is going to take a lot of time to do because mm-hmm. RNG. Yeah. So, so we're going to have to see like how this all pans out when it comes out uh, next Friday, the 13th. Yeah. But yeah, um, I do. Yeah. I do agree um, that it should not boil down to people having to grind the same monster over and over and over again. Right. I, I, and I, I, I want to make I want to make a point. Uh, what you were saying with uh, Master's Touch and Golden Rathian's weapons and all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Already there, that is two more monsters that we are talking about. That is very true. Even in that in that <laughs> small of a base, 
we are 300% more than the monsters that we're talking about. <laughs> that is true. I like, mean, like, you do, you do, there is that, there, there is that thing where people have to take into account that, yeah, you do have to hunt a brute tigrex in order to get the chest, and you have to hunt a yanguruga to get the legs that are absolutely... Right, and that's... That's what I like about Monster Hunter is that we're all coming in here building different stuff and like, hey, I'll do a couple. It's a that's why it makes it a community game. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I and I'm gonna go old school, you know, old school Monster Hunter on you guys with this one. Hey, um, so I'm building this and I need Pleasyeth and like everyone's like, oh god, Fortone, why do you need Pleasyeth? You always need Pleasyeth. I don't want to hunt Pleasyeth with you. We're like, no, no, go guys, come on, come on. We'll just do like one Pleasyeth hunt. So you have to get the thing. Did you get the thing? No. Oh. God damn it, Fort Juan. Why are we... <laughs> like, okay, it sounds bad, but, like, it was a community of, like, you had to fight different things, mm-hmm. right? And then, like, there's that's where you get the, the the varied gameplay. If you sit there and grind Kulvay Teroth, like, forever, like people did, they get mad, they get bored. They, you know, like... Yeah, like, yeah I don't it's think called... uh, Safi Jeeva is going to make Gold Rathian armor bad. <laughs> I, I, I highly I, doubt that. I think that it, it will provide an opportunity for be able to see what they can do. But well, I we were do talking about agree a with the idea that yeah, we, we still have to hunt the monster to get down to one fight. Yeah, and you already have the opportunity to build that armor. Yeah, exactly. And it right. So, but for your weapon, you're bottlenecking that choice, right? And it is, you know, half of your build. Like, yeah, your weapon, and then you got your armor. And your armor is a little bit more varied than your weapon as far as, like, options and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it doesn't sit well with me. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't sit well with me to say, hey, we want this to be the end game for your one weapon because you've already figured out your armor. And I'm like, hold on a minute. <laughs> I am so Do we I have any further points to make on this uh, topic um... before we move on? I am not a, not okay with it. <laughs> I want to see how it goes. Um, I want to see how much time it takes to get to that fifth tier uh, weapon. Because as much as it sounds like, oh yeah, it'd be like really big investment. Like if it's a huge investment, I'm not going to do it. Thus, I'm never going to have one to that potential. Because like I've got other things that I want to do in the game, like Crown Farm that is and true, that kind of yeah. stuff. I've like there's so like. Am I going to, and granted, Monster has got a lot worse in this in recent years, and this really started mostly in Freedom uh, 4 Unite, you know, a 4 Ultimate or whatever. Yeah. Um, Where, you know, like, if you don't have, like, what's meta sometimes in public games, you will get kicked. If you are a Insect Glaive user in the days of 4 Ultimate, and Jesus Monte comes up on that screen. You are kicked, and that was not okay. I still fight against that meme because of that. But this never happened to me in the world. <laughs> uh, but there's a point where people are kicking because of builds, and like, no, you can't play with us because we don't agree with what you want to do. And I don't see this helping that mentality at all. Yeah, I agree that there is a certain level of elitism and gatekeeping that is just absolute bullshit. Um, I mean, like, and that's yeah. really more of a community issue. But this isn't helping. No, 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 no. It, I'm, I, I mean, I'm inclined to agree with with the way that you see this. I mean, yeah, there should 
we should be looking at this with a certain level of caution. I can't help but be a little bit excited because there's that certain... Um, how, how do I'm I, excited how do I for describe? a good fight with a new monster. Yeah. And I was okay with it being really good weapon on par with everything else, but the fact that it sounds like it's going to be better and we have to sink a lot of hours into it to make it better. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just very excited for, you know, the opportunity to be able to create a weapon that I specifically want and to be able to really get my hands in dirty and to see it muck around with the weapon and see what I can actually do with it as opposed to just, you know, crafting a weapon just because it's it's arguably Honestly, better. I wish it was just back to the four ultimate days as far as augmenting a weapon, you know. Hey, yeah. we can do attack, defense, or health. Yes. That's it. That's all you can do. Now go build other weapons if you think it's better. Yep, I remember so, yeah. that. I remember those days. Those were good days. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying, you know, like it was perfect, but that's what I'd rather see. All right. Um, so along before you get to even fight this, uh, what is it? Sha- Saji? Safi, whatever. Yeah, Safi Jiva. So, yeah. Safi Jiva. Which doesn't, um, I don't know. Yeah, I wanted Daddy to say... Jiva. Um, with, with the Guiding Lands, we're talking a lot about it. So in addition mm-hmm. to the uh, the Middle-Aged Forest, the Mildspire Waste, the Immoral Highlands, the Formaldehyde Vale, the Seniors Retreat, um, Capcom have now decided to add Elsa's Castle to the Guiding Lands. Uh, Mickey is going to show up. Sora will be there. Um, and this hey, is sort so of the, Horfrost the way we got introduced to Stiggins and Ogre. Yes, so we get yeah. the Stiggins and Ogre, which... Uh, you know, traditionally was in the Arctic map of the Tundra in 3 Ultimate, where it deba- debuted. Um, Stygian Zenogre is an interesting fight, um, because it's different than Zenogre in a lot more ways than some other offshoots or variants or subspecies, whatever they call this one. Um, and the biggest difference is... There's, there's a lot of movesets are similar, but <laughs> they purposely create trolly moments for the people who think they're going to fight Zenogre the same way. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's completely different. It's just uh, sporadic and wild and insane and explosions everywhere, and I love it. So, uh, one of the biggest things that, that uh, I noticed, and my brother noticed it right off the bat is that if you, a lot of people like to clutch claw and try to bonk as we've been calling it <laughs> Zenogre when he's charging up um he blasts literally on either side of his head where you would be if you're clutch clawed to him he literally has an anti-clutch claw blast when he's charging up to like and I line it up so you don't like travel through the lightning strike as you're clutch clawing or else it will or like, if you if you off. do it too quick and you're on its head when it starts you will get hit too if you do it if you anticipate it too quick like oh he's running i'm gonna cl- snag him in the head while he's running because it's a you know it's a it's a pretty good tell of when he how he runs back to go charge up um i love it i love the fact i love punishing overzealous clutch clawing mm-hmm. i love it <laughs> i think um, uh Zenogar is immensely more enjoyable than the normal Zenogar because they've just removed all the fucking charge spam like charging yes. charging charging not doing that anymore and replaced it with spinning sl- sl- spam <laughs> which uh, yeah he's a lot more flippy. Kind. 
Yeah, there. One of the things they it's it's kind of weird. So like you, uh, one of the iconic Zenogre moves and um is the slam with the right, slam with the left, and then slam with the right. And that 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 third one is charged up on in world and a little more exaggerated. And that's like a pretty iconic Zenogre move. Mm-hmm. Stygian doesn't do that. He doesn't do that in this one. Um, he doesn't do the you know like boom 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 and that's that was a huge change uh so like i don't know what they even attack without a charge though not in the same not that same three tick one that i mean i'm it's hard to describe but that same pattern doesn't happen yeah i know know what you mean but i think he has like some version of that animation like changed maybe i don't know no what he has is the new move where Zenogre drags his hand across the ground, creating lightning in some sort of weird anime arc. Yeah. And then uh, jumps up and then slams, jumps up and then slams. It's like a more exaggerated version of what I'm talking about. Right. I and got the both from Stig and Zenogre. Yeah. And the third, the third one is the <laughs> sort of like twister, <laughs> twister rush that comes at you. His M. Bison and, Psycho Crusher, the one where he just spins in the air covered in energy, just just bores a hole through your chest. This is See, this is where you and I are going to differ because it's Kong Lao to me. But <laughs> this is like wow. maybe worse than um, Linoster in terms of actually seeing the monster through all the particles. <laughs> maybe the I worst monster yet. Like because when it like he's got a lot more particles. Yeah, and it takes off the Dracophage bugs. They're flying through the air, lightning striking. It does like the Kieran, like where there's like a bat, like a like throw darts at a board and like lightning strikes at like a random arrangement kind of thing. Uh, mm, eh, you know, it's a little bit better what used to happen, which was homing beacons right towards you. Uh, <laughs> I remember those hor- those homing in orbs. Those things were so scary the first time you see. It, you're like the Draco phages. Yeah, you're looking at it, they homed on you. You're looking at them. They're like frozen in the air, and you're like, what's going on? And then you like see them just lock on you and just go straight for, and you're like, oh my god. Until you realize all you have to yeah, do is you strafe. Would, yeah, but you had to stop attacking. You had to stop aggressing to dodge those. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, okay, here's the bugs. Okay, stop. Alright, here's coming. Roll the left. Roll the right. Roll the left. <laughs> Where like, yeah, but like whereas now it, it, it's very strange. Like there's this odd combination of like some of them will be in like like uh the Draco Fage bugs will be in like fixed um spots, like they will they have a certain organization to them. But in other cases, like for example, if he does like the leaping bound and slams his claws into the ground, the Draco Fage bugs will explode into certain areas and then they'll start casting off that red lightning in areas and it's it's an odd combination of like organized attacks as with with um, random explosions at the same time. It, it, it's very, it's a good mix of like chaos and order. Like you have no idea which one is going to come into play, and you have to be on your toes and thinking the whole time when you're fighting him, which is really really. Whatever nice. you're doing, if you're farming stickins and ogre, don't use the arena quest because I mean, good luck <gasps> completing that quest. Because oh this God. monster is stupid in a clo- enclosed space. It is entirely reliant on your ability to, like, move around <laughs> and space mm-hmm. out from the monster when it's going crazy with all the lightning strikes. And, like, it has this, like, crazy, like, Nova thing. Like, almost like Volcana, basically. 
where it just covers mm-hmm. the area around it and red lightning stuff. Yeah, and it gives you the dragon element, which, you know, is a problemsome element, especially if you're trying to use elemental or, you know, any sort of status. <laughs> like, if you're just trying to not use raw, like, it's it's it can hurt. And I think only... You're basically only... Uh, the only point using element against Stigian is ice element, because everything else is, like, one star or not effective or something. Hmm. When he's uh, fully charged up with uh, all of his uh, Draco bugs, apparently he's weak to only all the elements a little bit more. I don't understand how that works, but like, um, that seems yeah, to be like the only way to power him down. It's it's uh it's like good old D and D barbarian rage. You you like you get mad, you get to do more damage, and you get more health, but uh, things are going to hit harder. Yeah, or more often. What uh, what is that ability? Reckless attack, I think it is. Yeah, exactly. That is a ability, yes. Yeah. Whereas, like, you get advantage, but they also get advantage as well, yeah. Yeah. Not a bad skill. Yeah, it's, that's 5th edition, yeah. Oh, if only they had Barbarian Rogue. I'd be like, I have advantage, and I can sneak attack now. I mean, that's just that's how, that. thanks to Conan, that's just how I see Barbarians. He's <laughs> just a type of rogue. I think oh, you can play a Barbarian Rogue in 5th edition, it's just weird. That would... Yeah. That would be so funny. <laughs> no, like, if you ever see the old Age of Conan, uh, not Age of Conan, but the old Conan, the Barbarian movies, uh, uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, dude, dude's straight up with, like, a rogue. Like, a like a super strong buff rogue. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty smart. That's amazing. I think the thing with 5th edition, just as a tenant, you, you can use yeah. sneak attack, and rage attack, but rage scales off of strength attack rolls, and sneak is finesse weapons. So you have to use specifically mm-hmm. a finesse weapon using strength to benefit from both mm-hmm. abilities. Yeah, yep. I think I think you could pull that off. So you could be like a strong rogue. What yeah, would that be called. Yeah, no, there is there is a no, it's called a thug. Just a thug. <laughs> yeah, a black. No, serious. Like there was actually uh, there was actually build options in fourth edition that were strength-based rogues that got sneak attack damage based off of strength. Oh my god, that's so and cool. And there was even one that did it with bludgeoning weapons. And I think that was called a thug. Like, it was... It was cool. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, Stygian's an ogre. Um, not... Uh, I, I enjoy the monster. I didn't fight it near as much. I got more caught up in doing the uh, adult Xenojiba stuff. And then being confused as to why I was only getting mega potions at first. Um, but I did fight Stygian. Uh, I do have plans to uh, look into building the Stygian charge blade. Because it is uh, on par with, or better. I don't know. But at least it looks like it could be on par with the uh, dragon element charge blade that I currently use. Which is Runer and Ergigante. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if it's better or not because I haven't unlocked the second tier, but um, I have plans on farming that when we're done with uh, one of the games that we've been I've been playing this week, which is Borderlands Three. Mm-hmm. The so, uh, Stygian armor set they included wasn't actually a recolor like the other subspecies. It was um, the G rank Zenogra armor from past games, mm-hmm. um, which I'm very fond of for female hunters because you get the um, it's sort of like crazy, like mane of hair, and it's all like mm-hmm. you know, 
uh, black, white, and red all over. Uh, it was a little upset, not upsetting, upsetting. Uh, it was unfortunate that they changed, like, the recolor segments from, like, the red, uh, kind of lightning bolts on it to the, um, like, parts of the fur and metal, because I used to recolor the, yeah. the, the red lightning bolts to be, like, rainbow pigment, and it would be, like, black, white, and rainbow, and it'd be, like, this kind of aesthetic. Yeah, that yeah, that would have been cool. But now it's black, rainbow, and red. Interesting. Uh, well, yeah, you you can't like recolor a whole color. It's just like a little, like the fur fringes. I think is like the opposites, uh, pigment mm. portion. So yeah. From what I've seen, um, the gun lance is absolutely insane. Normal seven shell gun lance. Woo! Mm. I like it. I mean, I'll admit, yeah, normal right now is third weakest in all the tiers for shellings. But to see normal shelling get a level seven, holy, <laughs> holy crap! It is actually pretty decently powerful. I, I was able to solo a regular Zenogre with that um, Stygian Zenogre gun lance, and it is, oh my god, it's so good! Like uh, the amount of flinching and like breaking parts, it, it's it's really really nice to actually finally have a weapon that despite having to link these hefty combos in together and it being slow and it takes a while to do damage it's it's really it felt really really good being able to to catch a really fast monster with such a slow weapon okay um i could see that so about the actual like the area they added um it's very mm -hmm. much like the volcanic region it's only like two small areas um, it's kind of silly. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and like with these additions, I think it's sort of, uh, further highlighted a problem with the Guiding Lands, which is the structure of the map that doesn't tie into itself. Like, you can't mm. go from the, from the desert into the forest. Well, maybe a little bit there, but you can't go from, like, the volcano into the Coral Highlands or any of the areas. You have to go from the volcano back to the central area, back out to the Coral Highlands. It's only connected by, like, a spoke pathway from the central area. Mm -hmm. So it's this, yeah. it's very, like, uh, it just takes a long time to get around the map. And it, it's, yeah. it, it, it's kind of, like, not... It doesn't feel like it was, like, designed all in one go. It kind of feels like it's just been added on, tacked onto, with, like, additions here and there. Which, I mean, it has. I will say that I very much enjoy... Where they put the entrance to the uh, Horfrost Reach area. Mm -hmm. That felt like that was a good place to fit it, though. Like, that entrance. Because like, I was like, why would you ever go up on this ledge? Oh, okay, now I know why. Like, <laughs> like it had a, like, a lot of vines up for like it felt like no reason. And you didn't want to fight something up on that ledge because it didn't have a lot of room. And like it just felt weird. But where they put that ledge, I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. It kind of opened up that room, that room's wall a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it will say it's in nice that they in, they added environmental traps. You got the icicles again in one area, or at least a icicle, I think. Uh, you can drop down on monsters. Yeah, there's the icicle, uh, one of those things. There's like the sort of jagged crystals that fall down. You hit them with mm -hmm. the... Uh, slinger ammo and the um, air geysers to launch you mm -hmm. up um, and they have interaction with the um, 
the lighter mantle, so those are fun. Right. So there's a... It's decently fun and different. Um, not really sure I enjoy the fact that Bay of Totus isn't there, but then again, yeah, there's Jerry Totus, so... Oh, yeah, because they didn't Dump put in fish. the um, deep water or deep snow... Mm-hmm. Like, possibly due to technical difficulties with the snow. Um, that's, right. Yeah, so it's now, just weird, honestly. Feels like everything in the game, except for Piscean Wyverns, excluding Lava Seath, can go to the Guiding Lands. Stinky, <laughs> poopy, dumb, doo-doo, diggly, dunkin'. Hey, 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 fish. hey. Blech. Blech. D- don't, don't, I love They're it. They're poo-poo. Don't you? They're poo-poo. I farmed like three of the last elves when this update came out in the Guiding Lands for um, the layered armor like reagents mm-hmm. and crafted all of the it mm, the layered armor selection just to go on this for a second um, since the last mm-hmm. thing with this update um, they only added like uh, the apexes from the four areas Dodogana, Lavasioth, and like mm-hmm. Pink Rathian and and then Azur Rathalos and Black Diablos were left out, as was Basil Geese, mm-hmm. uh, like stuff like Dober, and um, there's one other like weird miscellaneous not attached to a monster armor set in high rank. And then all the Elder Dragons, mm. uh, there's no, no sign of those. We've heard about the them adding the Gamma armor sets in towards the anniversary event in January. Yeah. Which are like glowy versions of the Alpha Elder Dragons, so which, who knows like how that's going to work out with the rest of high rank and then into master rank. Right, for layered armor specifically. Hopefully they yeah. just add it all in, a, in a, the next batch. It's just I weird heard, that they're jumping straight to gamma, seemingly. I heard them mentioning that, yeah, they would probably be also adder, adding in uh, Iceborne armor as well yeah, as a as an option for layered pieces. So, I mean, like, they said that that might happen. Um, I'm hoping that it does because there's actually some pretty decent pieces of armor. Right. Oh yeah, but I am, I mean, I can't understate how happy I am with layered Legion armor, finally. Like, that's, <laughs> I played so much of the base game in Legion armor, it just looks, just looks good. It just looks great. You'd be like a Sky Elf person, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, so yeah, do we have anything else to say about Horfrost or Zenogre? Um, I heard rumors from people saying that apparently Stygian Zenogre has a turf war with Bracadios. I don't know if that's actually a thing or if it's been confirmed. I'm, I'm still looking for the footage for any uh, Stygian Zenogre turf wars, but um, so far I haven't seen any posts. But if there if there are any, um, that would actually be really awesome to see. I'll probably find some footage of that hopefully doesn't it just share yeah. turf wars because i think i said fight gorga which is an ogre race has the turf war as well that raffalo style yeah. one yeah yeah um uh, i don't know i didn't see any when i fought it and i only did the introductory quest and then that's all that's it i did the one introductory quest with him mm-hmm because then we got confused <laughs> while we were getting potions. Um, okay. Um, so, 
you uh, you have stepped into an old game that failed hard. Yes, uh. yes, I have. I've been walled pretty damn hard by uh, Draken. Um, <laughs> Order of the Flame. Oh my God, what a hard game! It's actually legit hard. Like a. Uh, um, the attack actions are a little bit slow, so you kind of have to like lead your enemies into uh, into you when you're making an attack combo, and you really have mm-hmm. to take your time with it. Um, the cool thing is that you can maim uh, monsters in the game, so like if you can chop off their weapon hand, and then like they will bleed out and die, which is I've never heard of that before in an old '90s game before. Uh... They so will bleed out and die. Yeah, so that I'm, not such even, glee I'm not even joking. No, 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 you no. can chop off like no, a leg some or other... an arm, and like the, the monsters will be like, ah, and they'll like bleed all over the place, and you can like literally just walk away from them and just let them bleed out. And I'm like, holy crap, this game is really intense. Now, here's here's the thing, okay, and it's something that having played a lot of older first person shooters and then and like you know older PC games and that kind of stuff. That's actually not too uncommon for that era of a game. Um, <laughs> the uh, the other thing is like uh, you ever heard of the game called Die by the Sword? Die by Probably the Sword. Probably around. So it's weird. It's weird for an old game, but it's an adventure game where you're like a knight or whatever. You go through a story like a normal adventure game, Quake Days, right? So early early, three D PC gaming, right? Okay, yeah. Um, you control a sword with your mouse and you can cut off uh, the limbs of the other opponents. Oh. And they can actually fight for a little bit longer with one limb. But literally, the sword control is controlled by the movement of your mouse. Oh, so you'd literally so, have to you'd have to have the mouse and then you'd have to like swivel it around using your wrist and then that would yes. control the sword. That is... Oh my god. And I thought... Now here's the thing. There's a versus mode where you can fight like AI or if you've managed a network of someone, fight someone else. Oh my god. Um, also, you can pick up the arm you chopped off and if it's still holding a sword you are now wielding an arm that is holding a sword for an extra like <laughs> 10 foot reach <laughs> this includes the giant ogre arm oh my god that's so goofy <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah to your point like draken actually you know just like i think like that's a thing of just like older games like obviously stuff that's old enough like doom they hadn't got around to that yet mm-hmm. um they got you know the the mods like brutal doom got around to limix you know limb whatever but i think even quake had gimping and leg uh stuff it's it's more the more modern games that have sort of shied away from that kind of gore i would say um because like i think the last call of duty had gimping was world at war hmm yeah i I don't remember that one but yeah i do um yeah yeah not if you're in the fallout ip (laughs) you can just Oh yeah! Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Just have, like broken limbs. Yeah, just, yeah, just use it a stim is, pack. You're good. It's fearsome. Uh, we were we were talking a little bit about um, Fallout before we started recording today. Uh, you know, speaking to the audience here, and a uh, friend of mine leaked to a great video because uh, I I'm on record of hating Fallout Three uh, by H Bomber Guy, uh, which is a introspective as to why fallout 3 is garbage for an hour and a half and uh you know normally i don't subscribe to 
to, to that kind of like, hey, you know, like this is garbage and here's why. Because it's kind of like meme culture, right? You need to hate on things. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't really like the game itself. The guy literally does like a brilliant video essay as to why he really doesn't like the game. And I like agree with him on way more points than I should. And I was like, oh yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> and it actually made me want to play Fallout 1 and 2. So I may be doing that at some point. Fallout uh, 1 and 2, were they turn-based point-and-click? I think they were. Like, uh, I don't think that they were, like, first-person shooter, like, Fallout No, they were not first-person shooter. They were, they were very isometric in view. I'm not sure that they were tactical, uh, um, but I think they were more adventure games that were... Uh, I think it was turn-based, because that's where Vask started from... Sure. I like maybe the... I don't know. I haven't played them yet. I'd like to. Um, in fact, while we're talking, I may look at Gog to see if they got him. Anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, that 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 was a that was a great video. <laughs> but uh, more about Draken. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm still on the first level. <laughs> really? Yes, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to get into uh, this old priest's church to get some sort of a journal or a book, whatever, that um, refers to, like, the Order of the Flame, which is, like, some sort of a magical group that um, is able to fight off, like, this evil wave of monsters that are coming. Um, anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, the monsters that ravaged the village that uh, this uh, the the protagonist has, is living in. And so what you have to do is you have to get a key from one of those monsters, whatever it is. I have no idea where it is. And then I've got to find... find um, the guy's place get the book and then i have no idea what to do after that but the thing is is that i went around the map uh, as far as i could um to come to this river and i don't know if i had to cross it or not and i i decided to kind of swim back and forth in it and then i found like this something of a waterfall and then i i got pulled in by it and then i just died and i had like full health i even found like this um plate of like old metal um uh, like an old metal chess piece or whatever. It's like old armor, like first level. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like full health armor just died. And Taylor <laughs> plays Nate. No. And like uh, I don't know. Like it was really funny. And then I ended up getting ganked by like three monsters at the same time because like you have like this heavy flinch if you take like too much damage from like a single attack. And of course they all hit really really hard. So you have to like run away from them as best as you can and then like try to kind of like backtrack slash backtrack slash and you have to be very strategic with how you're attacking everybody because there's only so many potions in the game like you can't just you know expect them to be everywhere um yeah oh my god it's just so hard (laughs) oh man okay yeah and it's that's old school gaming that's Especially old school PC gaming, I feel. It's just how it was. <laughs> no regenerating health bars. Oh, it, it, it's Dark Souls before Dark Souls was a thing. Oh, don't do that. I'm kidding. Don't, I'm kidding. Don't Everybody's always like, just, it's so hard. It's exactly like Dark Souls. Uh, yeah, I know. As I... Oh, Zelda that... 1 was an open world game, even though the world or open world hadn't been coined yet, and the developers yes. didn't discuss open world philosophy when they were making the game. Right, yeah. We decided this in 2017, or 20, 2007. 
2017. Yeah. First one was right. What, what am I saying? Regenerated. The way the way that Haru doesn't like open world is the way that I don't like Soulsborne mentality of games <laughs> because don't give me like I, I mean it's been said so many times and people are like Forge One you're crazy Bloodborne's like a masterpiece and I'm like it's just a pile of fucking garbage and I hate it and like <laughs> something tells me that I mean, Father Gascoigne has had you. Uh, had you on the uh, ropes, eh? <laughs> uh, but, okay, I'm exaggerating. I don't think it's garbage. I just don't... I don't like it because I played Demon Souls, and Demon Souls had interesting world-building mechanics and interesting combat, and it all changed to Dark Souls, and I hated it. <laughs> like, you keep building off the thing I don't like. <laughs> like <laughs> that and the lore oh, is not is not chronological to, like, the games themselves. It's like, okay, so, wait, Dark Souls 2 came before... Demons Souls or wait I I'm so confused what what's going on No no on? no you can't yeah. you can't you can't put Demon Souls in there it's owned by Sony it's not part of the Dark Souls world Huh well, I, thought, no. I thought that the lore lined up with uh with all the games where like based upon like a specific path it's like if you now, kill Dark the Souls. dragon then it leads to the dark ages in this game I mean that might be true for Dark Souls but I'm pretty sure Demon Souls is its own thing because demon souls has like more fantasy like monsters and that kind of stuff too um like you basically fight a black pudding for the first boss in demon souls that is so D. aren't there mimics as well yes i think there are mimics, yeah, there's mimics in all these games you really think yeah. they resist an opportunity to cheaply kill the player are you kidding oh me? yeah no yeah the ultimate mimics dude so like it's like an somebody who's played D anD D a long time and played any old old school rules. The fact that like mimics exist just make me so happy. When people are like, "What? You can't do that!" And I'm like, "People have been dealing with this since the '70s, man." <laughs> you think you're safe in your bedroom? Rug of smothering just comes up and then wraps him up. <laughs> Rug of smothering. <laughs> if Aladdin got dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a flying carpet. This is a murdering carpet. A murder rug. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so do you have more to say on Draken? So we got way tangent a lot on that game. Um, honestly, all I can say is that it is quite hard, and I, I have to get good real bad because mm -hmm. I'm a scrub. I'm just too used to Pokemon right now and Monster Hunter and things being so easy. Mm. <laughs> I got to yeah. get back to my roots. So, so uh, I've oh, continued... Um, uh, I actually had a short one. If I could just chime in. Mm -hmm. It has been 680 days. <laughs> this much time has passed without an ecology description for Xenogiva. All the time. <laughs> it said researching. <laughs> researching. I swear it came out. Still <laughs> researching. Finally... I, I just had to throw this in, because we finally got a description for Xenogiva. You're right. And they had the goal in one of the sections to say, its relationship to other Elder Dragons is unclear, as is its, as is its ecology. <laughs> but uh, oh, they actually, I mean, with the new one, and as mature say, they did sort of start giving more uh, more details, like they talk about sure. explaining like the energy charging of its limbs. I mean... Canon wise, we killed the only one, right? So like, it's hard to keep researching a dead thing. 
It's like, hey, how did it live? I don't know. We killed it. Uh, no, I mean, that's, well, it, it never died. That's the new raid one. Well, the funny it's thing the is... individual. I don't think that the Monster Hunter is capable well, of killing The assumption anything. was... Like the the assumption was that we killed it. I think though. No, it right? fell into like, the abyss. Was, it was Disney death. Well, the, <laughs> yeah, I get you, but that was the assumption, and now we know that's not true. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like in the main storyline, we 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 thought we killed the Runer Nergigante. Oh and no! And then Shara Ishvalda comes in, and we thought we killed it. Then all of a sudden, his eye pops open, and it's like, oh, I'm not actually dead. And I'm like, oh. Okay, so no, no, no. Uh, Nergigante finished that job. Yeah, and then you find out, oh, Nergigante wasn't dead either, and I'm like, wow, this hunter really sucks at his job. Like he couldn't kill two elder dragons back to hey, back. It's wh- what is it in Zombie Land? Rule number three or something? Double tap. Double tap. Yep. Yeah, yep, you gotta double tap, you know. <laughs> and then double tap, man. Nergigante extremely kills that farish fold that rips his throat out. But right, um, like, yeah. it was it was assumed by fans just due to the animations for a long time that uh, Zenergiva was like uh, fledgling. It wasn't able to like uh, control its power very well, um, and that actually uh-huh. got confirmed in this item in this like monster description. So hopefully, like when we do the quest, the siege, I mean, and we get, we knew it was a juvenile from the start. You know, they said that a lot, but you're just saying that it couldn't control its power. Well, there is that one yeah, attack that it does where it has, like, the crisscrossy um, beam. Like, you've seen that right before, where it, like, melts the ground yeah. underneath it and accidentally gets itself pinned in the earth, and it's like, oh, no, I made a terrible mistake! And then it gets mm-hmm. out of it, and it just does it again. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get th- I get it, but, okay. Yeah, I just, I just thought it was clear that it was a juvenile before. But, yeah, the, the fact that it... It's like a Pichu, and it doesn't know how to control its power and hurts itself. Yeah, okay, I got you. That probably explains yeah, just, why it's got that There was just no lore on Zenergiva before. Like, there was nothing right. official. <laughs> so it's just nice to have, like, a little bit of flavor. Just a little bit. You like, know, it's too pure right. was the most we got before. <laughs> you know <laughs> how, like, um, how, like uh, certain infant species of creatures, like, for example, tadpoles, they have, like, transparent skin or, like, you know, like mm-hmm. in those yeah. before adolescent er- ages or whatever, and then when they become fully um, matured adult species or whatever, they become a little bit more opaque and flushed out. I bet you Xenogiva, the reason why it's glowing and all that stuff is, yeah, probably because it's not in control of its power, but also because its skin is com- is maybe translucent or transparent, and so you're seeing, you know, all the glowy energy essence of whatever. Organs, yeah. That, mm, yes. That's exactly true, because Xenogiva, you see, like, sort of like Metroid Prime, it's like vasculature, the energy flowing within it constantly, whereas yeah. the new, the adult one... Its red scales, like on its throat and its chest, will show a little bit of glow, and it's using its laser attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's it, yeah. Yeah, like it has to be more concentrated for it, for it to like shine through. It's sort of like Anjanath's neck when it's got fire mm-hmm. uh, swelling. Out. Yeah, and also its hide is like so tough that you have to weaken it to not, you know, be bouncing or doing like low amounts of damage mm-hmm. and from the cutscene, what we've seen of the uh xenogiva skin it's gray and transparent so yeah that actually says quite a lot yeah it looks yeah. a lot like the armor set even mm-hmm. <clears throat> so but um, anyway um so my brother and i have been continuing kind of kind of continuing 
our foray into Borderlands 3. And um, we had to restart. And <laughs> I don't know what oh, happened. No. And, and, this, and this buggy mess of, of, a, of a game, we restarted because we were so tired of how poorly executed the split screen was that he went up and just bought another copy with the expansions. So he dropped another $100 on this game. Oh, it's already expansions? So, yeah. So season pass. It has a season pass. Oh, did he get like um, the premiere bonuses and stuff like that? No, no, no. Just you just get it with the season pass. It's a hundred dollars. So it's a forty dollar. It's like no deal for getting it with the season pass. Oh, that's so gross. Um, yeah. So um, we started playing again, and we figured out that there's no way. There's cloud saves, sure, but because. It was created, even though it was under my brother's user, it was still considered my character. So, like, he oh, couldn't pull local. over his character to his his copy, so we had to start over. Yeah, it's like Destiny, um, right? Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> it was it was pretty terrible. Oh, <laughs> and then we, <clears throat> we haven't even got back out of the tutorial yet. So, because uh, we only got to play one night so far, it's been kind of busy. But, um... We ended up picking the same classes, just different trees, um, because we enjoyed the classes uh, that we were playing, and uh, so he actually picked the tree he thought he had picked to begin with, which is use all the six punchy arms that the siren has. Uh, she has like these ghost arms or whatever. Straight um, up the new D&D class. Star uh-huh. Platinum! Alright. And uh, I'm Flack again, which is the sentient robot with pets uh, that help you fight. And instead of going with the spider ant, which is this four-legged, well, spider bug-looking thing, um, I went with the, I can't remember what it's called, but it's some sort of monkey with a big tail that carries a gun. And um, it's so fun. And like it's actually very different, um, a very different gameplay experience because that change that also changes what your little L one ability is. So instead of doing this like super kamehameha that uh, my brother used to do, he now leaps into the battle and like does a shockwave around him, like a superhero landing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, uh, and then uh, my ability is. So that my pets had an ability, and then I also had an ability. So my ability used to be uh, I would have what they called pocket racks, which are the sort of like bat-like pterodactyl things in the game. And you would throw them at somebody, and they would come back, and they would do damage and heal you if you did mods and that kind of stuff. This one, I turn invisible, and I get three shots while invisible before I turn back visible and they're guaranteed criticals oh that's good i like that now here's the thing i like using shotguns in the game because shotguns do like i don't know like they, they shoot multiple shots it only counts me pulling the trigger not how many bullets came out of the gun so i got like 30 crits or whatever because i shot three times with a shotgun so that was kind of cool uh and the monkey he throws barrels at people. That's fun. He threw he throws like giant caustic barrels. Um, Wait, aren't the monsters but, in that game like pretty gross? The, the sort of companion animals. 
Oh, yeah, no, they're really... So the Skag is, like, the one that they advertise, which the Skag is these weird little mixes between an alien and a dog. Um, I don't use the Skag, but the monkey... The monkey is not really that gross. It's just feral-looking, I would say. And the spider ant is, you know, if you don't like bugs, it's kind of gross. But it's pretty uneventful, you know, unharmful for as far as how a bug looks. Um, it's not like got like these creepy crawly thing. It's just like four legs with this weird head shell, but not like googly eyes or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but no, the skag is pretty gross. Skags are always pretty gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, like th- so we started over, and actually starting over hasn't been that bad. I actually had quite a bit of fun. Because uh, the humor's still there in the game, and now we know what we're doing better. A little better, at least. So, we actually ended up finding more stuff to do in the tutorial area, like fighting like certain bigger monsters and getting like better loot and that kind of stuff. Um, like we just found extra things because we were better exploring, I guess, or something, or I don't know, some something else happened or released or whatever i don't know but definitely monsters we hadn't fought before um that gave us like better loot and that kind of stuff so it's it's been actually a different experience despite playing the same quest content and that kind of stuff um it's much more enjoyable the second time around um don't play this game in split screen just don't (laughs) it's it's garbage um i actually can see for like the kind of back of the box quote I guess. I guess they're doing it because it was a legacy of what they used to do. I wish they would actually, you know, put effort into doing the split screen instead of like, hey, it's garbage. You probably want to have separate copies like every other game, but we'll put it in there because we have. It's like, fix it. It's terrible. What's what's wrong um, with it? Is it like just performance? Oh, performance, um, glitches, and that kind of stuff. So remember I talked about equipping grenades? Um, the grenades look like guns. Like the model didn't change away from a, the gun I was using. Oh. So it just sort of p- pasted on g- the grenade model. One like so like when you're picking like your loadout, like you're like okay, I'm going to equip a grenade. I click on grenades, and they were all handguns instead of grenades. And I'm like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why are there handguns in the grenade slot? Like that's gone. And that apparently was a performance issue because the default whatever is a handgun. It just never got past that point in split screen. Um, and it's just like the UI is like a thousand times better when you have your own screen instead of split screen. Um, which, I mean, yeah, there has to be some sacrifices because you got a weird resolution to work with. Because you're now, if you think about it, if you're, you're working by like a a nine by nine and now you got a four and a half by nine to work with. <laughs> like that does change your UI quite a bit, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, like it loads better. Um, yeah, I talked about, uh, the first time like we, we would load up on characters and it would sort of like paint on the different layers of the character at times. Um, that doesn't happen. It's just like, okay, it's don't get me wrong. The game is still buggy. There are still, <laughs> there are still some things, but uh, it's a lot better not in split screen, and that was kind of the point of him picking up a second copy. So, 
Here we go. <laughs> uh, he actually got quite frustrated with it, and we were just at a GameStop. He's like, you know what? I'm buying it. I'm like, what are you buying? And he's just like, he came back, and he was holding this other copy of Borderlands. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> also, there's a there's a game that's a GameStop exclusive for the Switch. Have you guys seen this? No, I don't think I have. What is it? It's called Helmut. So, like... H-E double hockey sticks M-U-T. So like helmet on your head, but it's a dog from hell that is like a side-scrolling shooter game. Yeah, they, GameStop also published, I think, some smaller title by uh, Insomniac Games. It was like a 2D little thing they did that looked not as good as, you know, Spider-Man things. Right, but I went into a GameStop and it's it's apparently it's not just on Switch. It's also on PS4. I went in there. It's like it's an advertisement. And I'm like, that looks kind of cool. Can I can I look at that? And I looked at the Switch section. And it's not there. They don't have it. GameStop exclusive, and they don't have it. Hmm. <laughs> that is rather like, suspect. And it's like super big, like advertisement as you walk in. Like the, you know, they put advertisements on the whatever detectors on a, like when you walk in and out of the store. Um, they look like ad things, but they're also there to, you know, make sure you're not stealing shit. <laughs> um, like, I was just reading it, and I was like, that looks cool. I really want that. And they didn't advertise it was on PS4 either. It just on Switch. And I was just like, no, they had a PS4 copy, and I looked. I asked to look at the back of it and stuff because I was interested. Um, but, yeah, it just doesn't... It's just not there. It's <laughs> so bizarre. Uh um, but, uh, speaking about bargain hunting, you got a copy of Evolve? Yeah, I got a copy of Evolve for $20 now, at Shopper's Drug Mart. What? what? You paid $20? That seems kind of high at this point. That seems kind of high. It's like, paying like hundreds of dollars for a Wii U now. <laughs> I might, I might, I might ask someone to pay me $20 to play well, that well, game again. What you don't understand is it was 1999 but in Canadian dollars, so it's actually a lot cheaper than American stuff. It would probably be like maybe fifteen American. Oh. I paid five for this game four years ago. Dude. Oh wow! Yeah, dude, it's terrible. It's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, I mean, I mean, I it's pretty close. That's <laughs> exactly fifteen dollars in U.S. dollars. <laughs> it's like exactly 75%. <laughs> well, what do you know? <laughs> but yeah. Um, Sometimes it just works out. Yeah, yeah, the math just checks out, you know? Yeah, more daddy's never so, been yeah, It's okay. So <laughs> so people who don't know, Evolve was uh, part of this big kick that some games had to do this sort of... Uh, Asymmetrical multiplayer. Yeah, I was going to say isometric, but you're right. It's asymmetric. That's why I pause. Like, <laughs> that's not the right word. Would suck. Yeah. No, asymmetric gameplay um, that I thought we were going to see a lot more on the Wii U. Kind of. But didn't. Um, <clears throat> I was into. I was very into this idea of asymmetric gameplay. Um, so I was actually really interested in Evolve, but they really, really shot themselves in the foot with monetization. Yeah. All sorts of problems. And then, um, and it ended up bombing hard, and the game dropped, like, 
to 20% of its price like very quickly. And then I got it for $5 at a GameStop like a couple, you know, five, four years ago. Um, so, like, what made you pick this up? Well, the funny thing is that um, <laughs> you guys are going to think I'm absolutely stupid for this, but um, I never actually got a, a chance to really play the game. And I, I was uh-huh. looking up on YouTube. I was like, well, you know, let's see how good it is, you know, whatever. And I'm watching all, all this game footage of all these guys who are playing as the monster, and they're just having an absolute blast. Like, some of them playing as the behemoth or whatever, or uh, mm-hmm. the gul- I think it's the... The first one's a Goliath, I think. Um, the one that throws the rocks and has the fire breath and the slam and the charge. Yeah. And then there's, like, the Kraken, which has, like, um, elemental projectile attacks and stuff like that. And then there's a yeah. Wraith that you know, turns invisible, can, like, do ambush attacks, or, like, cuts things up with, like, its crazy scythe hands, and I'm thinking, wow, this is actually pretty cool. But, like, yeah, mm-hmm. and this was before I actually did any of, like, the research and realizing that, yeah, there was some hefty monetization and that there was, like, an in-game store where you had to, like, pay, f- like, $15 in order to get, like, um, uh, what is it, um, like, skins and aesthetic stuff, like, cause purely cosmetic yeah. shit. Um, yeah, but they pushed it yeah. hard, and they had yeah. like season passes on top of it. Yeah, like there was there yeah. was literally they literally put a price tag on everything, and yeah, they did shoot themselves in the foot for it. Now, granted, um, I found this just at the at the bottom of a bargain pile, and I was like, hmm. I'm looking at it. I've got like two two games, and I was like, hmm. Both of these are twenty dollars. I've got Prey, and then I've got. Uh, Evolve. Well, I've never played Evolve before, but I've always wanted to at least try it out. Even if it is a shitty game, at least I'm not paying it for, like, its full retail price when it first came out. So, I mean, it's worth my time at least, you know, playing it and finding out how good it is. And, um, to be honest, I actually don't hate it. Like, it can be fun if you, if you just go in and you make, like, your own custom games where you're, like, the monster or whatever, and you can choose to have like a minion that goes around with you or whatever um you can uh yeah you can give like a uh, huge advantages or you can make <clears throat> put like these uh, crippling nerfs on like your opponents or yourself like depending on how how you like to play it and there there are different ways to play it like you can you can choose to like hunt all the all the hunters like knock them all out and then whatever or you can choose to attack a power plant or you can choose to attack civilians try and get them all before they rescue them all um, there's, there's a, there are a lot of ways to play the game, which I guess is okay, but I mean, like, it's not one of those games that I'm gonna sit and play the hell out of for, like, hours at a time. Like, it's, it's one of those games where it's like, well, I'm bored of this one, why don't we mix things up, you know, clean the palette, you know, find something fresh and, you know, maybe 15 minutes of right. gameplay. So, I mean... So the, um, the titular mechanic, if I recall, is you have to go around and, like, eat a bunch of the creatures in the map. And then, um, like... Evolve. Yeah. yeah, stay in, like, kind of go chrysalis and, like, to literally evolve into your, into your like, three-stage Pokemon evolution. Is that pretty much. Is that yeah, right. rewarding? It, it, it can be right. pretty rewarding, So, yeah. so here's, here's the thing. Um, isometric games... Isometric. <laughs> asymmetric games. Uh, it's late, okay? Ice, it's isometric. like 128. I don't blame you, you know? Ice, ice baby. All right. Um, um, so asymmetric games, they are very, very dependent on balance between teams. Mm -hmm. Very dependent. And it doesn't need to be a perfect balance. However, 
The idea, and as you know, Morg, and Har, did you play this game? No, I just saw like gameplay of it on release. <clears throat> so I, I played about a week of this game before I was like, no, nope, fuck it, I'm <laughs> out. I can't. Uh, like the playing as the monster. <coughs> sorry, is the arguably much more cooler option. It is. It is very much so. Um, playing as the hunters is less cool. It has classes. It's got some interesting characters and that kind of stuff with like the trapper and da da da. But like, not as cool. Also, you're relying on three people to make a good team. So you're you're causing you're causing problems because there's now you you actually rely on other people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly like Star Wars Battlefront, right? Where everyone right. wants to play Darth Vader, but like it's like only like the kill players can really to play. Yeah, everyone has to play like yes. a stormtrooper, a rebel. So no one wants to play the hunters. Everyone wants to play the monster, and I mm-hmm. actually thankfully got to play as both sides the playing as a hunter was garbage every time garbage teammates you actually have to have like a dedicated group yeah and here (laughs) that's the downfall of the hunters right it's garbage to play it's you know like um dedicated you need to have a dedicated group because people falling out of line if the hunters mess up even slightly right um, <laughs> the idea is that the monster has three evolutions, which is where we started out saying this, right? Mm-hmm. So you have under the hunters. The hunters need to find you and kill you. You are super weak. You will die. About on par with the hunters. Here's where the game balance gets really bad. Bad hunter team, you will murder any straggling hunter. Like if someone's not with the pack, you just carry them off and kill them. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, it is not even close. However, you're supposed to be about on par with the hunters. And that doesn't happen a lot of times. So the level 2 monster, a lot of times, can just go in, wreck shit, get out just fine. That's not supposed to happen. It's supposed to be like, am I, I need to engage them because I need to stop them from hurting me here. Or they've found me shit, i got to turn and fight so I can run away. Or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Is it, like, and is it, like, permadeath in these matches? Um, well, the thing is, is that, yeah, the hunters can die, but then, like, they'll immediately get respawned at their base or whatever. But, like, the thing is, is if you drop their health the first time, they will be, quote-unquote, dying. And if they have, like, a healer in their group or somebody to help support them, they can get back up onto their feet. But, um, yeah, if you, if you, um, if they're dying and you just keep attacking them, then they're just immediately just flat out dead and then they have to respawn back at the base. Um, I right. think they get like a total of like maybe two deaths and then. Okay, so it's like a limited stock. Kind yeah. Of yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so back, back to the analogy thing and then. Only the best hunters should be able to go toe-to-toe with a level 3 monster and win. Like, you get to the level 3 monster, the balance for the level 3 monster is the hunters have these other objectives to stop the monster, or the monster has other objectives that they have to focus on when they're level 3, like destroying these power plants or whatever. So it kind of distracts the monster from just outright killing the crew. Mm -hmm. Um, 
or something like that. And it's it's been a little while since I played, but level three monster is dangerous. Here, here's the problem. Like, even if let's just say you had a co coherent team, right, and you played together well, that immediately puts you above the level three monster in power just because of teamwork. Like, the balance just like is so complex between like the the monster and the people that it's just not even close, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. And you don't even have to be you don't have to be good. Just coherent. Like you're working that you're actually working together. You don't have to be amazing players of this game. You will destroy the monster. And it's not it's not fun. It's no longer fun, right? Because it's so one sided. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like at that point. Um there's another example of this in uh, I have experienced in the original Left 4 Dead. I didn't play a lot of two. A lot of a lot more people played two, from what I understand. But everyone wanted to be the zombies. No one wanted to be the survivors. And that was the thing. I had a couple guys in college that were super good at being survivors along with me. We destroyed the zombies every time. And most of the time what would happen is... <clears throat> you'd sorry you'd queue up and if people didn't get the zombies they'd quit because that's you're like oh no I don't want to play that <laughs> we would queue up and we'd let them play as the zombies and we would destroy them and then they would quit when they got to be the zombies <laughs> like we were actually that good it's just like games like that are just like uh, hard to balance and Evolve just failed yeah I don't think that it's there just... was really any balance to that game because like if you were the hunter you had to make sure at all costs that they did not get to level 3 or you were absolutely screwed. And while you were the monster, you had to run for your life and you had to try and eat as many monsters as you could and evolve as quickly as you could to level 3 just so that you could body the other team. And, yeah, like, <laughs> there's, like, almost no balance with the way that this plays. Like, if you're the hunters and the monsters at level 3, you have to be good. Or otherwise, you're going to get absolutely bodied. And, you know, it's almost impossible to stop at that point once it has every every tool at its advantage. Like, it has, like, a ridiculous amount of armor, health, and then, like, all of its attacks are augmented. And, you know, looking at it either way... Um, if the players are good enough, then, you know, they can quickly deal with the monster. But if the monster is really, really good, well, it's already game over. Like, some of them can just finish off the team at, at like you said, level two. But level one, they're smart enough to know better than to go after the hunters. And I think what made it also less fun was the fact that it was literally just a game of, like, Duck, Duck, Goose, where everybody was just mm -hmm. running circles around the map, just trying to look for the monster, you know, hope, just hope against hope, while the monster is like, ooh, they better not catch me, they better not catch me, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, there, there were a lot of elements to that game that didn't make it fun for other players to enjoy it, but the way that I'm playing it, where it's just an offline single-player game where I just get to toy around with the monster and just have fun, what have you, um, if it's better for that, and it's not, like, a really serious game, I'm looking at, like, the reason I bought it was just for the casual play. Um, it wasn't for any, like, right. yeah, it wasn't really for any, like, serious play. Like, for example, Pokemon, I like to play it serious. Like, I, I enjoy making a meta team. Like, everybody likes the idea of, um, you know, having, like, those weird, um, 
off-meta plays. Like, I've got a Sigilif that has, like, a fire orb on it, and then, like, it uses Psycho Shift to transfer the burn off onto other people because it's more accurate than using uh, Will-O-Wisp. Uh, I don't know. Like, there's there's so many different ways to, like, to enjoy a game. Um, but um, if, if anybody was to pick up Evolve... If if you even can, I don't even think anybody could actually get a a copy of this game, like a physical one. I was pretty lucky. You probably find it. You probably find it in a uh, a bargain bin or so, not bargain bin, but like a GameStop or something. Yeah. There's like probably a lot of copies yeah. of it. Wherever you find it, whether it be in the bargain bin or the trash bin, you know. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I still have my copy. Um. You know, if I look, I'm looking right here. So, is it there? Um, Morg, how many monsters do they ever get around to adding to this game? Like, how much variety is there? Well, let me see. I think um, there's like eight, right? Um, I think. Well, let me see. There are two different versions. <laughs> Although of the some Goliath. of them were DLC that you had to buy. Yeah, yeah. some of them they were. I remember they were selling the Cthulhu monster for DLC. Oh, the Elder Kraken. Yeah, that one I got. <laughs> that one I got free with the game. Um, then there was also, like, a second version of the Goliath, I think it is. Um, I don't have access to the Behemoth or the, um, I can't remember which one it was called. It was, like, this weird, like, half-human, hu- half-spider-looking thing. I think it was called the Gorgon. Um, I really mm-hmm. wish that I had that one. That would have been so cool to have, because, I mean, like, being able to spit acid and cast webs and produce, like, little spider babies and stuff like that. That's pretty awesome. Um... Too bad I won't be able to get know, the chance I mean, to play the, that. The gift of uh, motherhood is is an unspeakably like powerful experience. Yeah, it, it's it's more quite... so with spider babies. Yes, exactly. You know, I I remember <laughs> Lost in Space. That was a great movie. You know, especially with that <laughs> they're, they're wounded, and the guy's like, no, nah! he's getting eaten by his own spider that was babies. A weird movie. Yeah, oh man, what a great movie. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I think there's like um, five, three, mo- yeah, anywhere between like three to five monsters that you can play as. Um, two of those five are just like upgraded versions of the first two. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Like I wouldn't say that it's an amazing game. And at the same time, I wouldn't say it's like the worst game in the world that I've ever played. Um, I can imagine worse, um, but <clears throat> yeah, it, it's not bad. I, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. I mean, like, it's not that good, but I mean, it, it, it caters to my tastes. Okay. <clears throat> well. I really did not sell that game. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, <clears throat> Um, so the last thing, um, that I played, and you've still been playing this too, Morg, is Pokemon Sword and Shield. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say too much on this because I'm actually going to be quite done with this game very soon and not like put it down forever, but done to where I'm going to be waiting to challenge people when they want to play. Um, because I'm not going to get into competitive fighting, but not only have I bred all the perfect IV bugs that I need, I have now Eevee trained all of them. Which was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, I actually went for max speed on everything and a lot of HP on the rest and then sort of 
battering of other abilities between that. Um, but it ended up being pretty well. I had a preliminary match before I EV trained with my brother against his EV team, actually. Um, he plays nothing but the evolutions of EVs because, you know, he like we like doing themes. And um, he destroyed me. Three, to, like, out of the six Pokemon, he had three remaining. The the one out in the field being untouched. Oh, wow. It was just like, it was like, not even close, right? I did the Eevee training, yeah, and he did too. Like Pokemon. Um, it was four. Like, I had four remaining. And it was even more of a landslide on my direction because I EV trained for speed and that kind of stuff. So I was actually able to, you know, get really big hits in. Also, I kind of played it a little smarter on, on what came out first and that kind of thing. Because <coughs> I knew what to expect to, to some degree from his team and he from I. He didn't expect for, for Crustle, the uh, Brock bug, to be such a tank. Oh, yeah. He's um, he's really, really tanky. It's a really good Pokemon. So, and I also put some different moves on him uh, than from before. <laughs> and uh, he actually now has a fighting move that is better based on his defense stat, which, by the way, is incredibly high. Um, Stealth Rock, which just in general is good. Because um, every time you put a new Pokemon in, they get hurt immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, a steel move that is better for how much heavier you are than your opponent and then um, uh, like the one of the stronger rock moves I'm assuming that those moves are body press, stealth rock heavy slam and stone edge? Did you pick stone edge or rock slide? Different one. Ooh, a totally different one Rock Blast? No. Hmm. I can't remember what it is, but it's 120 power with 80 accuracy. Oh my god. Wait, oh, oh. Uh, head Smash? Maybe it's 70 accuracy. Head Smash? Uh, nope. No. Um, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Hmm. Oh man, now you've got me guessing. I have no idea what that move could be. Uh, what, whatever it is, he puts a big boulder in front of him and throws it at him. Like, <laughs> you just take a big boulder and just go. <gasps> Rock Wrecker! Um, that's the one! Yeah. Yep, it only has five. Rock Wrecker. Sounds like a Z move. Rock <laughs> Wrecker! Um, so yeah, like, Crustle ends up being pretty strong. Um, yeah, stuff like that, and better move distribution... Um, I still have to find it, um, because I, I had to find the TR or whatever I got to get Fairy Wind back on my Frozmoth, so I'm missing that move, but I may end up not doing it, um, because I actually put Quiver Dance on it, and Quiver Dance is the thing that helps boost its special attack, defense, and speed, so if you can get one Quiver Dance off, Frozmoth can actually do some sweeping and survive. Versus, you know, what it normally does, which is get a few hits in and then maybe die. <coughs> so, yeah. That's mostly what I'll be doing. Um, once I get my Pokemon all the way back up to 100, so I haven't got them to 100 yet, but they're all ready to get there. 
I'll just be fighting people here and there and I'll be done. Like I won't be playing this game anymore. How how far are you, Morgan? Well, I've actually gotten to the point where um I'm I'm actually breeding for uh, for some competitive Pokemon. Um I finally got a mm -hmm. um a uh, Galissapod, which is like a super heavy hitting heavy heavy tank. Um really really slow, but I finally bred Aqua Jet onto him. So now he's got a priority stab move that hits really really hard. Um I'm um, still working on uh, Pokemon like uh, Toxtricity. Um, I finally found a Gigantamax Corviknight that I am specifically EV breeding to be a special sweeper. So I'm going to be using like, uh, what is it? I think it's called Steel Beam, which is like 140 base. Um, it can learn mm -hmm. Nasty Plot, which increases uh, special attack uh, sharply. Um, I'm also thinking of teaching Hurricane and then having Home Claws, so then that way... Those hurricanes will just keep hitting hard and heavy, um, and just 100% uh, accuracy. So having that Corviknight is going to be really fun to have. Um, oh, what else am I working on? Um, I caught a Tyranitar, trying to breed that um, and working that up, and then hopefully uh, my cousin and I will be able to trade some uh, exclusives. I still want a Surfetched so bad, because that thing is so boss. Um... Let me see. I think it's hard to get to evolve, though. Um, I think you need, like, three critical hits in a single fight in order to be able to get surfaced. Yeah. yeah. So... It's kind of insane. Like, my brother almost went mad trying to do yeah. it, and he was very upset. I heard... Now, this was really funny because there's a guy by the name of Joe Cat. He's got, like, a full team... <laughs> of Surfesh because he's like it's the baddest, the chattest, and the raddest of them all. And so like he he mm -hmm. made himself like a full box of like um Surfetch, and he found a way to be able to make them super easy. So what you do is you get the large leak, which I think increases its critical hit ratio. Um you give it really weak moves like rock smash, uh sand attack, peck, um, and something else. I can't remember what else it was, but and then what you do is you just go and you find a stunfisk, and then you just uh, mass spam the sand attack so it can never hit you and then you just hit it with peck over and over and over mm. again and I I think it learns um, I think you can learn focus energy yeah that's the one focus energy because um, focus energy will help increase your critical hit ratio um, so when you combine the large leak with um, uh, focus energy and then you just use um, not very effective attacks um, the chances of you getting those three critical hits is more likely uh, because you're not doing too much damage to that one monster. So, yeah, there, it was really funny seeing like um, that actually come together in a, in a video. There, there's also been like a lot of uh, videos about like how to exploit uh, like the the Gigantamax system where you're going through all the dens and then you try and get to, um, um, that like uh, it. It's really weird. So the chances of you getting like a really rare den is like a 1 out of 10 chances. Then the chances of you getting a Gigantamax Pokemon from that rare den is like another like 1.65%. So the chances of you getting like a Gigantamax Pokemon from those dens is like um, maybe like 1 in a 1,000 chances. Um, people have been using like this uh, um, switch uh, date spamming um, in order to be able to mm -hmm. change the RNG on the um, on the rare dents, so then that way they'll increase the chances of getting Gigantamax Pokemon. That was actually, <laughs> I I I'm 
I'm I kind of feel a little guilty about it admitting this, but that was how I got um, my Gigantamax Gengar, the Funhouse one. Um, that was how I got my uh, Gigantamax. Um, what was it? Uh, Grimmsnarl, the one that kind of looks like it was um, an Evangelion suit, like you know, like the super bulky, tall thing. Right. Um, and then, but um, oh, and then there's also the Gigantamax Snorlax that also came out recently. Um, that thing is actually really easy to find now because um, I think all you had to do was like uh, check the uh, uh, mystery gift. Uh, there's like some sort of like den or safari news that lets you know like um, whether there's going to be new monsters coming out of these rare dens. Um, when you click on that, apparently it immediately triggers one of those dens to guarantee being one of the Gigantamax Pokemon that you're looking for. So. Yeah, just huh. going around and just checking all the dens, you eventually find the Gigantamax Snorlax. And I highly recommend that if anybody's going to go after it, to save your file first, um, and then, mm -hmm. you know, go into the match and then, you know, hope for the best that you catch it. Um, but, um, yeah, really, really fun getting all those Gigantamax Pokemon. Like, I don't know how they would fit competitively, because you only get the three turns for your Gigantamax form. And it's pretty easy to stall them out if you've got a Pokemon that's, like, designed specifically to use things like Fake Out or, like, Protect and stuff like that. So you can actually eat up that Gigantamax pretty quick and easy. Um, but, yeah, for the fa for the sake of the fashion, like, just having them as a collectible, that's actually really mm -hmm. nice. I really like them. They're really fun. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I I try to get a Gigantamax sent to Scorch a couple times, mm -hmm. and... Um... Yeah, it's just not the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got actually a couple of uh, Gigantamax that took Scorch, if you want one. I've I think I've also got a Butterfree that's Gigantamax as well. So, yeah. yeah I'm, those, for me, were pretty easy to find. Um, I couldn't find... It's not about finding them, it's about catching yeah. them. Like, they break out pretty mm -hmm. easily. Yeah, I've, I've got, like, I don't know how many of those Gigantamax Butterfrees, but I keep keeping them because some of them have these weird moves. Like, I found one that had Electroweb. And I'm like, that's an egg move. Why does it have this? And, and like, another one I think had... Because they can have those. And yeah. then, like, I can't remember if Butterfree, like, naturally gets Quiver Dance, but um, a good number of them that I have do. So... I think it does in this game. Yeah, I think that might have been, a, right. like, an 8th gen added move. Like, I know that the move itself is 5th gen. I think Volcarona had it. But, um, yeah, seeing mm -hmm. it on more Pokemon is actually really nice because of the ridiculous stat buffs. And if you combine that with stored power, which I think um, it's like a base of 20, but then it increases um, the more boosts um, to your uh, stats that you put on your Pokemon. I think it's up to, like, a max of, like... Um, I don't want to say that it can max out at 120 damage because I think it probably could go higher. But, um, yeah, combining, like, those... Um, uh, certain moves together making like a really cool set like even a gimmick set is really fun um hmm. seeing that on a butterfree would be really awesome yeah <laughs> well okay um so yeah uh we have anything else to say on pokemon or are we good mm, oh um apparently for those gigantamax forms um each mm -hmm. one apparently has like a unique Dynamax attack. So for Butterfree, um Yes, they do. Yeah, that Flutterby attack. Apparently if you have a Gigantamax Butterfree, 
it could um, it can randomly proc a certain status ailment on on one of um, if you're using the butterfly, yep. it will proc a random one like sleep paralysis or poison paralysis. Um, yeah. Uh, what is it? It'll do if you're fighting one, mm-hmm. and it happens to you, your whole team will either become sleep paralysis or poison. Yeah, it is all four people. It's really really nasty, but it's so cool and so fun. Um, for Corviknight, yeah. I think the max airstream. Um, it eliminates terrain. So, like, the electric terrain, mm-hmm. the fairy, grass, whatever it is, um, when it uses that attack and it successfully hits, um, it will eliminate those terrain effects. Um, yep. What was another one? I think the Gengar one... Uh, I can't remember if it puts people to sleep. I think? Uh, I haven't seen the Gengar I, one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to play around with that Gengar and find out what it's all about. But... Um, even though you fight it twice in the game, um, yeah, I, th- I think storyline you have to fight it. Yeah, twice. I think Alistair has it, the Funhouse Gengar, which is a really crazy one. Um, right. I don't know if it gets that uh, that G Max move though. Um, I can't remember what if it does or not, but um, yeah, I, I have. It's to... definitely G Maxed. Like it's yeah. Like I I know it does get the Gigantamax transformation for sure because um, it's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to kind of hard to ignore or to not see it, but um, I don't think that it's ever used that attack on me before because I've always outsped it and I've just hit it in one hit and it's usually down. Because Gengar, like despite being you know a pretty good Pokemon, it's only a glass cannon, and if you hit it with a psychic or dark or ghost move, it's it's done. <laughs> um, it's funny because it didn't used to be a case; it used to be pretty. Tanky. Yeah, 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 but that's like. Uh, older gens mm-hmm. yeah um yeah there there's there's actually still quite a lot for me to do in that pokemon game like i'm still like sending uh my pokemon into like poke jobs like um apparently at the end of the game there's there's specific poke jobs that will allow you to um ev train your pokemon um for up to like 24 yep. hours so you can get like maxed out evs like in a couple of days which can be exploited with the time clock glitch too. So. Yeah, I think it is like I think you have to like set it so that um, you put your clock just a couple of um, hours or like a couple of minutes like just shy of like the next day, and then like once that day finally clicks into play, then you can finally get your Pokemon out and they'll have like ninety six EVs and whatever score that you put them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't do that. I did it. I did it the hard way. I actually looked up EV values for everything I was leveling them up in. Specifically found ones for speed and whatever else I was doing and just fought them continuously. Oh. That's what it, I did it. I did it the hard way. Oh my god, that is so much work. And um that <clears throat> the worst part about that is that EV distribution is carried um through like your whole party when you're doing like EV training in yeah, the wild. Yeah, but I did that purposely. I did that purposely because I wanted everything to have speed. Oh, okay, yeah. That's that's actually not a bad way to go about it. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. There's there's a lot to do in the end game. Um, for me, it was mostly just po- uh, doing a semi-competitive mm-hmm. team. Um. My brother, it's doing a semi-competitive team and getting shinies. He's got two shinies so far of his EVs. Um, he's actually got one of them that is the ultra shiny. Oh, the rare one. Those are like supposed to be like super rare. Like I think it's, um, what is it? They're called like uh, one like in, a one completely in six... necessary edition EV. 
like a one in sixteen chances of the of no, 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 of the rare no, no, no. of no 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 one in sixteen of, of already shiny yeah yeah so like no 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 so <clears throat> I don't know the odds I don't I don't but I know what you have to have happen for it to happen so you get a shiny Pokemon however many out of hundreds or thousands of Pokemon that you're trying to get shiny. You get a shiny Pokemon, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It then rolls a random four-digit number. That four-digit number, if it matches your four-digit trainer ID, it will be ultra shiny. Oh my god, those chances are almost impossible. <laughs> His first shiny is an ultra shiny. Oh my god, lucky devil. Oh. And it's a, it's a Flareon now. Ultra shiny Flareon. And I was so excited for, you know, getting my first Gigantamax Appleton. It was the first rare den that I that I got from, you know, dropping those wishing pieces into those dens. And it was so funny because it was mm-hmm. the, I dropped it in the first time. I didn't have to worry about any exploits or anything like that. I just dropped it in. It was a purple beam, and I opened it up, and it was there. Gigantamax Appleton. I was like, I am so proud of myself. I didn't have to cheat in order to get this one. Yep. Now, if it were a shiny one, now that would have been just... Oh. <laughs> I just want the green apple. Get me that Granny Smith, man. <laughs> I don't think so, man. <laughs> you have to work I know. for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm entitled. Oh, I'm boomer. No, I'm not. A... <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm kidding. Okay, getting political today. <laughs> um, okay. Um... I think that's going to wrap us up for tonight in this uh, multiple hour episode. Um, so yeah, this is uh, Fort One. Uh, you can find me at Hunter Sub Pod on Twitter. Um, I haven't been too active on Twitter lately. Just been really busy. But uh, I did post up my Pokemon team. But that was true last week also. Um, I'll probably be moving on to some other Switch game come the holiday season. Um Really looking at looking at getting uh, getting into Blood Bowl two again, uh, this time on PC instead of my PS4. I just really like that game. It's super old and super weird. I love it. <laughs> so might be doing some of that. Um, but anyways, I'll see you guys on the next quest. And on that quest, where will you be, Harum? I am at the Kane Stead Brown on Twitter. Uh, currently obsessed with Frozen the sequel. Uh, maybe I'll try and <laughs> uh, tweet something about it that's not spoilery. So, don't know how I'll do that. I do want to see how about it. you, Morg? Well, you guys know where I'm always going to be. I'm always on Twitter. <laughs> or in Discord, you know. Um, just hyping mm-hmm. up, like, the, the next new thing that's going to be coming out of, like, maybe Monster Hunter or Pokemon or whatever it is. You know, usually I'm I'm looking for more information as to, like, you know, how you can take advantage of another... Um, exploit or like whatever system is going to be coming into the, these games whatever changes the the devs are going to be implementing and stuff like that so there's that and then of course I'm going to be posting more of those awesome tasties recipes more cat videos, more dog videos same as always mm-hmm. <clears throat> well uh, it was quite a long episode tonight guys but um, I think it was a good one so <laughs> Sorry, my voice is killing me at this point.